Yes, good people, it's Francis here from Let's Do Humans podcast. This is just a quick announcement, just to encourage everybody here that's listening to our podcast right now, just to ensure that you subscribe and you follow us on all of the various platforms out there that produce podcasts, that's subscribing to us on YouTube, following us on iTunes and Spotify. I mean, follow us, make sure that you share our content and continue your support, that'll be greatly appreciated. That's Let's Do Humans, L-E-T-S-D-O-H-U-M-A-N-S, Let's Do Humans, one word. Appreciate all of your support. Stay blessed, good people. Oh, that's the meeting that you're supposed to be in. What's the time right. on your side? Uh, right now, it is 10.43 a.m. Damn, whereabouts are you based? Uh, I'm in Sacramento, California, man. Oh, Sacramento. Is that born and raised there? No, actually, uh, I, was, I was. I lived in different, a lot of different places. I was born in Nigeria. Oh, for real? Um, yes, sir. I uh, moved to Atlanta when I was like three. I uh, moved to Nebraska. Lived there for like nine years, and then we moved to um, Manteca, California. That's where I grew up. And after college at Santa Barbara, I moved out here to Sacramento. Yeah, oh, amazing, man! Yeah. You done the whole route, then. And you know, yeah, man. The thing I find about the states, I feel like culturally, every single state is different. And I it feel is. like people from different states, they behave different, they act different, they do. different, they're completely different That's human true. beings wherever you go. It's, it's very true. diverse in terms of its cultural like aesthetics and across the across the country. It's true, man. It really is. Like, um, even even in the state itself, like different areas of the state act differently. It, it, depending on like where you are, like especially in California, NorCal and SoCal, almost completely different places. You know <laughs> what I'm real? saying? Like weather wise, vibe wise, yeah. interaction wise, it's very. You know, you're right. It's very. Well, for, I've, only, I've only ever been to the um, East Coast. I've been to New York couple of times okay um that's that's pretty much it but i definitely want to explore more of the states i love the southern states but that's just probably because of my um my love for history and culture and mm-hmm. specifically the history of like um the the, the black journey within america the movement there. there's yeah. a lot of strength and there's a lot of core fundamentals that happen in the south that, that yes. kind of reflects upon most of the other states as well so i really like to do right. like a road trip across the southern states but everyone always tells That'd me that's awesome. a bit dangerous it's a bit crazy to be doing a road trip <laughs> across the southern states <laughs> I, you know what? You, you, they they may be coming from experience when they tell you that. So the only the only thing is like you just you just if you can find somebody down there ahead of time, you know you should be cool. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. So I think it's all about planning, and it's all about planning is the biggest thing. Most definitely, but, yeah. yeah. I mean, I will, yeah. as, like yourself. I was born in um, West Africa. I was born in Ghana. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a proud West African. I was meant to go to Nigeria yes, last year, Christmas, actually, but because uh-huh. uh, I go Ghana at least twice a year. So I go mm-hmm. mid-year and then Christmas just to party. So mid-year, business, no. family, <laughs> Christmas, turn up. <laughs> like, yes, sir. <laughs> That's where I was last year with my family. That's where we were there from uh, December 20th to January 10th, I believe. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, we were there for Christmas and everything. Yeah. Drank a lot of palm wine and all that. Oh, man. <laughs> it's hard to come back though, man. After after like a trip to yeah. West Africa, like it's it's difficult. It hurts when you it's come different. Back. It yeah. really is. It's like, man, it's not the same, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. 
Yeah. Well, but welcome to Let's Do Humans podcast, Josh. And thanks for hitting me up, yes, by the sir. way, as well. Yeah. Is Josh Knight hey. your name or is that the musical? Um... That's my artist name. Okay, amazing. Josh Knight, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Josh is actually Josh is actually my um it's my I go by it it's my first name out here you know in the states and I've been going by it since I've been growing up but it's actually technically my middle name you know I have a you know I I haven't um like my my ethnic name is Chenzo you know and so Chenzo Joshua and then my last name but then you know growing up my parents just kind of they wanted me to like have a little bit of an easier time. This was like, you know, the nineties growing up. This, yeah. They didn't want me to have like all the, any like kind of, you know, backlash or whatever. So they, just like, they, talk, they call me Joshua, which is my name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But just to have a little bit easier time in school, whatever, you know what I'm saying? That's, so, so that's, that's how that is. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy time to think about it. That the fact that our parents had to figure out our names to, right. to enable us to have a better time. But I think the tide mm-hmm. is kind of changing now to an essence. It definitely like, is. Yeah, mm-hmm. people are proud. Like, I mean, I don't know yeah. the feeling over there in the states, but here in the UK yeah. in particular, growing up, a lot of us Africans that were, that were born mm-hmm. in like late eighties, early nineties, um, mm-hmm. we used to always like try and identify as Caribbean to an extent because the bullying mm-hmm. in school was so was so vast that in order to right. avoid being bullied by your fellow blacks, you you pretended mm-hmm. like you were Caribbean because that was yeah. the lesser of the two, also the, gotcha. of the two supposedly at the time. So yes. it's crazy, but now everyone's like African. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like what kind of I'm like it's not even real, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, back in school, you 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 were calling me so different names, bro. Like right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just this is real different now. But you're right. Everyone is very proud to be you know, from the land and everything. And <clears throat> it's like, it's funny, as I was saying that, I was like, man, looking back, I kind of wish I had gone by, you know, my, my you know, my name, my, yeah. or my, which is still my name. My parents called my, you know, a couple of my close friends call me that. But it, it just goes to show that, man, it's real. You know what I'm saying? Like the fact that now it's becoming a thing and everybody wants to be part of it. It's like, well, where was this, you know, growing up, but now it's like, it's fine then. And that's what I was past. And you can accept how it is now and be happy for what it is now. And, you know, this is something, you know, that our own kids growing up can, we can be happy that they're a part of it. Most definitely. I'm definitely happy to be a part of this next step whereby when I have kids, I can be super proud of who I am and where we're from. Because mm-hmm. it, it was tough growing up and trying to like denounce yourself. As, yeah, and it's a horrible feeling now when I look back at. But now it's definitely going to change. Like my kids are going to know where they're from. Like they, the oh, language yes. will be kept. So and, and mm-hmm. I'm 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 happier that I'm able to speak the language and I speak it fluently. Because when I go back home, oh. even though I have that di- diaspora disconnect, I still mm-hmm. connect with them on that end. That you can't try and cheat me on the street because I understand what you're Man. saying. You see, and that's where I need to get to, man. This one thing, ah, my it's all be, yeah. My parents they didn't really speak it to me growing up. I mean, they did here and there, bits and pieces, and I can understand. But I'm not fluent with speaking. You know what I'm saying? So when I go back, and you know, the elders are talking to me, I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but I can't respond back to them. You know what I'm saying? But that is a goal of mine, you know, to become fluent again and everything, and just so I can have that for my kids again, like you know, what I'm saying because it is like. I want to be going back, you know, on a regular basis. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I met my, you know, my cousins over. It's crazy because the last time I met, this is the first time I'm, the, I think, the second oldest grandchild. But still, uh, all my cousins are like, a lot of my cousins are around my age. Yeah. So when I went back, this is the first time I got to see everybody like as an adult, adult, you know what I'm saying? You know, kind of growing up into themselves. 
and it's cool. And so I'm like, wow, these people I would hang out with, you know, if they were in the States, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see, you know, I would just hang, you know, it was, it was just a rare experience. Like, yo, like we have kind of the same sense of humor. Like yeah. we, we kind of think similar, even though we've, you know, we're miles and miles and miles and miles yeah. apart. I, you know, we, I would hang out with you every single day. You know what I'm saying? Really? So now it's like, now that's like a drive for me. Like, all right, cool. This is like family that I want to stay in touch with, yeah. connect with. I need to be able to like bridge this border language wise. They can speak English fine. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, so I, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I should be able to. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, man. I, I didn't even know you was Nigerian, funny enough. So it's, it's really yes, sir. Yeah, because mo- most of, most people that live in the states that I connect with is they they trying to find out where they're placed in terms of like the motherland, and it's very difficult most of the time. But then to be to have that connection, they knowing that you were born there as well is is very different. But um, can you tell us a bit about Josh, the musician, Josh Knight, the musician? Man, where do you want to start? Like, what's the inspiration? Because I, I had I had to listen to some of your tracks. It's dope stuff, man. Really, really dope stuff. Very eclectic. Like, you Thank brought you, various man. sounds to you, and it's pretty Thank sick, you, man. man. Thank you, man. Well, I mean, it's man. It's a lot. It's been a long journey, and the journey's still going. You know, um, everything kind of started. <sighs> I would say it's a mix of like my upbringing and like just like intrinsic interest in, in traits, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, my dad was always listening to music. He had a bunch of records and stuff. He was a big Bob Marley fan. Oh, man, um, that's my favorite, Fleet, man, all time. You know, exactly, Fleetwood Mac. He just had, my dad, exactly. He had he had an eclectic, an eclectic taste in music himself, mm. you know what I'm saying? So I'd be listening to that and things like that. And then I remember vividly, like it was one Christmas he bought, uh, I got for Christmas, like like a baby, like a miniature, like grand piano, miniature. And we opened it and I started figuring out how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) With no lessons or nothing, just right there. And I think- ear, basically. Exactly, just off Mm -hmm. ear. And so that's kind of like the beginning kernel of everything. Like, so there's a lot of stuff. From there, I had like piano lessons that I didn't really take seriously at the time because- you know, growing up as an African or like any other, you know, kind of country like that, it's like, okay, you got to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know what I'm saying? So those are the things, doctor specifically was the one that was like mine. You know what I'm saying? As soon as you're born, doctor hat. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So know the choice. (laughs) Know the choice. And and then Uh, then what I've realized with a lot of my cousins as well, not in me me particular, because they probably knew I wasn't going to be a doctor from the back. But with a lot of my younger siblings and relatives and stuff, mm-hmm. they they give it nicknames like, "Oh, you're you're Doctor Julian." Like I'm like exactly. the kid that's like three years old. Like exactly, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's eight months. What you mean? Yeah. Exactly. So I mean, so that's why I didn't take it so seriously because I was like, "Why am I in these classes when y'all are talking to me like I'm going to be a doctor?" You know, this is me as a kid. You know what I'm saying, ten year old kid, eight year old kid. But then as life goes on, I the interest still builds and everything. Um, uh, a couple of instances happened in like high school when I was able to, you know, actually perform in front of my peers. Like I had to audition for like the national anthem and all that stuff. And I got it, which was like a big, like push in that direction. You know what I'm saying? And then when I got into college, um, there was no sports and I was a three sport athlete in high school. So this was my, my time to really look into that side of myself that I hadn't been able to growing up. You know what I'm saying? So I joined like a, I, I tried out again for an all male acapella group uh, at UCSB. 
um, called Brothers from Other Mothers. Shout out to Beef Farm. Yeah. Um, and they are a huge reason and like what I'm able to do because it was like my opportunity to sharpen. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. everything was like raw up until that point. I didn't have like a group of people to build my gift off of. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So this is where I was able to. We had shows. You know what I'm saying? We would have a show every quarter. Um, and I did this, we did this with, I was on the group for four years. So every quarter we would have to think of a theme. We, we, we would like get like 15 songs ready. You know what I'm saying? So we have two practices a week, uh, Wednesdays and uh, Fridays, I believe, or no Wednesdays and Sundays, Wednesdays, two hours, Sundays, three hours. Yeah. So this was a thing, you know what I'm saying? This was like a regiment four years. Mm. Like I said, this was like almost my sports aspect yeah like that got i was like a free sport athlete always working doing something so when i was in college and i was able to join this group it kind of that um aspect of sports meshed with like the music side mm. so it became like a beautiful thing where i was like all right cool like i'm perfecting this thing yeah for real. um so that's kind of where like it started um but then it wasn't until so many memories, man. It wasn't until <laughs> I coming back now. It is, man. Like yeah. it wasn't until I joined um, a fraternity, which I had no intention of joining a fraternity, but somehow, some way, the universe had it in store for me to join a fraternity, um, and I joined. And they made me do. There's this big old talent show. It's called. They do philanthropies, right? Where they raise money for events and things like that in the yeah. Greek in like the Greek system. And one of their big ones uh, was basically a big talent show. Each fraternity throws in one person um, for the show, basically just to show, you know, just to sit to show, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I had no intention of joining the fraternity, let alone like doing anything like showy like that. I was content, you know what I'm saying? Doing myself with the acapella group. But I, of course the people in the, the fraternity they they found out about that and it's so interesting like i thought they would be all judgy and things like that which is a testament to like i didn't really want to join but this was the it was i'm glad i joined the one that i did because they really allowed me to be who i was and everything yeah. which is what well, did you more have a preconceived of, notion about how they would receive your music and you as a person i just had a preconceived notion of how they would, would receive somebody like a big, a big black guy who's in, who's like singing and doing all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Was it like an all white fraternity. Yes, that's mm. the thing. It wasn't all white. There was, you know, there's some brothers in there. There's some, there's some age. There was, it was, it was. They did a good job of keeping a mix. So it was for sure majority white. This is, you know, Santa Barbara. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I love them, but like I said, I just didn't know how it would be, you know, received. So when I got in, and I'm like not even. I'm still like pledging at this point. I'm still like trying to get in, but they find out that I can do this and they make me do the show. I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to do this show. So I do the show, you know what I'm saying? No intentions of like, just, just doing my best. You know what I'm saying? I, you know, I, I tap in with like my group, my acapella group. Um, so we can do a song. Like I have, everyone has like their own um, solo. So I, okay. I tap in to do one solo with them. And then my, one of my, fraternity brothers or pledge brothers at the time coming up he was a beatboxer yeah. so i was like this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do one with that my my group and then i'm gonna do one of my favorite songs acapella which was um how to love by lil wayne oh, see. so 
I, so I was like, yo, bro, can you learn how to beatbox? I'll capella this beat and I'm going to sing how to love over it. And he's like, yeah, I could do that. So I cool. So time of the show comes, whatever. It's full. Mm. Like, this is probably the biggest crowd that I've, you know, been in front of. Like, I've done, what is it, up to this point. For the acapella group, we have, like, little theaters that, we're, that we are able to do. And they're, like, small theaters and things like that. But for this fraternity or this philanthropy event, it was one of the um, huge, like, classroom halls, which is bigger than those theaters. Um, this was Campbell Hall. Like, the, everybody from UCSB knows Campbell Hall. It's the big hall, like, the big old cake. Like, it looks like a cake. It's a big, 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 big. Oh, hold on. I'm getting a call here. Oh, no worries. All right. We're good. We're good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, I'm like, dang, this is a lot of people. I did not, because it's all the Greek system. It's every single, there's like eight or nine, you know, Greek, um, what is it? Uh, Greek philanthropies and sororities there. And it's, so it's all packed, you know what I'm saying? So everyone's doing their time. Everyone goes. And then I finally go, you know what I'm saying? My heart's beating and all that stuff. And I'm like, dang, guys, this is, this is the big. Biggest, like, biggest one so far, yeah. This is the biggest one so far. And this is like, this is, you know, fraternities and sororities, pretty judgmental. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even as much, as much as there's a, what is it? Stigma. Some of it is true, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And like I said, I, I got into a great fraternity, but that doesn't mean like all the other fraternities out there were as, as good as you, you know what I'm saying? Yours, yeah. Exactly. Or as cool or accepting, you know, or as under, you know what I'm saying? And still, these are kids growing up. These are young kids and they're people, you know what I'm saying? People just want to be cool at that age. Yeah. So I'm just like, man, I'm just going to do what I can. And I'm just, whatever happens, happens. Mm. I do that. I do my, my, my seven, my acapella group. And then I do, I first, first actually I do my set with my, um, with my brother and I have him like, he's got dreads at the time. I'm like, all right, I need you to shake your dreads, get the crowd going. <laughs> so this, I was like, you know, I didn't have dreads at the time. You know, now I got some flow. I, I didn't have, I didn't have any at the time, but I was like, I gotta get to get, get, get him hyped yeah, somehow. Go get the dreads in there. <laughs> yeah. So we did that. He beatboxes. I do. We both kill it. I'm like, cool. And then my group goes. And shout out to them because they made me look amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> they, they, they killed all their parts and just, you know, it made, made my solo look so much easier. Awesome. And everyone's like up cheering. I'm like, all right, cool. So I did my thing. It was cool. We leave. The show goes on at the end of the show. They announce, all right, time for the winners. Da, 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 da. And I get it. You know, I won. I'm just, I won. I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> so that was a big push. But the thing was, it continues. The, at the after party, I remember this vividly because this was the moment kind of that this was the switch. Mm. Um, everyone's, and I'm, <laughs> I have a test the next day. So <laughs> I have to study and everyone in the fraternity is like, Oh, you killed it. We got to have an after party. Da, 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 da. Uh, Everyone's coming. That's, that's when the trouble starts. You know what? So it's, 
you would think. I, I, I the thing is, I'm a, I'm a Nigerian, and I got Nigerian parents, so I'm like, I gotta fucking do what I need to do. Yeah. So I go, I make my parents. You know what I'm saying? I just say hey to everybody to get my congrats and all that stuff. My uh, one of my fraternity brothers, Frank Conrad. I remember this because this is what I had. he comes up to me, and Frank, he's a great artist. Like he loves to draw and everything. So I think this is where he was coming from. He's like, dude. And he's drunk. <laughs> Everyone's drunk. He's like, dude, why aren't you doing this more? I'm like, I'm doing it. He's like, no, no, no. Yeah. But you're not doing it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, I know you love this. Yeah. I know you want to do this for real. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just going to, like, I got to, like, I'm going to be a doctor. And he's like, no, no, no. <laughs> he's like, dude, I know you want to do this. Just do it. I was like, man. So that was the moment, you know, and I leave, I go home, I got to study, you know, blah, 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 but that has, that stuck with me. So that set like a chain of events that like made me like continue. And, you know, the, the story continues, like it's a very like in-depth story. Like I met yeah. certain people, like everything's like universal line type of stuff. So, mm. and you can tell, like, I can keep going about this story forever, but that's how it started. That's like, that's a little bit of like the, uh, the yeah. uh, when it comes to, when it comes to being in the creative arts, one thing I, I mean, the, the, the sad part about like what the, the relationship between parents and children and mm-hmm. harnessing their children's skill sets is mm-hmm. it, I think there's so many dreams and passions that have been kind of destroyed by the hopes of the parents for their children to go for like a particular um, career or like whatever yeah. field that they would seem what that they would deem desirable and a lot of that yeah. tends to be stemmed from like cultural like side of yeah. things, the roles that were like historically or traditionally like accepted as being roles of um, respect, roles of 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 high position and of um, exactly. When you realize that, is I remember like hearing my siblings talk to my my parents, or hearing like younger siblings talk to their parents that you know, mom and dad, you know, there's people out here taking pictures on Instagram, earning like fifty times more than the doctor that you want me to go and be. Because it's it's, crazy. Like, if it's all about money. If we're talking about right. finance finances then right mm-hmm. now the roles that they wanted us all to get into, they're at the bottom of the spectrum right now. <laughs> exactly. So it's exactly. like, is, is there a shift that needs to be made? I don't know, but there needs to be more understanding. Maybe we'll change with like the generational change. Cause obviously the way that we would maybe engage with our kids if when we have mm-hmm. them would be way different mm-hmm. to how our parents engage with us in terms of like career wise. Cause I, I would not push my kids into college if I see that they, they're going mm-hmm. in a diff- completely different direction. Yeah, exactly. You know I, I mean? think... I think you're exactly right. And I think it is heading that way. You know what I'm saying? I, like even talking to my cousins in Nigeria, like they're even like, yo, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> like I want to do stuff. Like there's like, I want to start a business. And I'm like, oh, cool. You're like me. Like it's not just me. It's like, yeah. it's our, you know what I'm saying? Like, even though you grew up there, like mm. you're still, you know what I'm saying? Aware of the things about life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is a generational thing as, as I think. And, um, we just it just has to be a continuous push and i think it's continuing that way um there's just a lot more different things out there that you don't necessarily need a four-year paper degree for you know yeah most definitely my situation is interesting because although i went to a four-year paper degree school if I hadn't gone there, I might not have found the situations i needed to flush into that's true you know what i'm saying and that's that's the thing like it i because I, I i i struck because now i i don't struggle with it i tell people like what are you going for you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying for me 
I think it was, like I said, I, you know, God, the universe, mm -hmm. giving me a situation to actually grow. Because growing up with my parents, of course, they wanted me to be protected. So I grew up protected, mm -hmm. in, you know, in a certain way. Yeah. Didn't see certain things about life. So this was my opportunity to actually get, you know, I didn't really, you know, hang out with, I didn't, I didn't really hang out, uh, growing up. Well, it was just like school and sports. Exactly. Yeah. I had to like make up excuses to go hang out with my friends. All right, we got a school project. <laughs> <laughs> I got to finish it tonight. So, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, you know, they became a little bit more lenient with my siblings growing up and things, but as the oldest, you, you get the first of it, you know yeah, what I'm saying? So college was really my first, like, ah, now you're out there, figure out things. Mm. And so I needed that. Somebody else might not, though. Somebody else might just need to go to, like, a one-year trade school, which is what I ended up doing. I became an, an LVN. That's what I am right now, which just helps me, like, do what I need to do. It's a, you know, flexible schedule. Mm. You know, the pay is good enough for me to, like, you know, throw into what I need. So I finally came about like, you know, it's still in the med career, you know, saying funnily enough. So, yeah. but you know, it is like about what do you need and what do you really want to do with life? But if you need a job, does find like a trade school. That's why I tell people now, but if you just need a job, if you want something that's applicable to skills <clears throat> to get you into something so that you can work, you know, get something to go to what you actually want to do get into a trade school because mm. trade schools are people need, you know, the people back in the day, you think, Oh, he's a plumber. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to do that. Yeah, it's a pretty big job. Big, big time paid. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, exactly. Builders, exactly. Builders, like plumbers, electricians. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm, because things are going to break down, you know what I'm saying? So mm. you need those like, quick handyman people who can get there quickly you know what i'm saying mm. and so that's why you know that's why i can tell i so i that's where i see it going you know what i'm saying it's these trade schools where you can actually get something a skill that's mm. really applicable as opposed to theory yeah. that may or may not be you know in um in tune anymore depending on the year the books you read <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it really all depends. And then again, like some people who are, who have that entrepreneurial spirit don't need any of that at all. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? They just, they can get it and go and they need that nurturing from the get. They need, they need somebody to, maybe they don't, but it ha would help if they had somebody like a parent who saw that in them and let them do it. Like somebody like, if you listen to Gary Vee's story, that's kind of him. You know, I think his mother saw that right away and just yeah. let him be who he was. And so, and he's an immigrant as well, too. Mm. But, you know, I would say, of course, he's a he's a Caucasian immigrant. Maybe it's a little bit different story. You know, the you know, African immigrant story. But so that's where we come in. But still, as a parent, being able to identify and harnessing those skills, I think it shouldn't be limited. Because I think w with African or black parents or whatever, or African immigrants, they should still be able to identify kids' skill set yes. and give them some sort of like challenging task in order to develop those. Yeah. I think we should be able to start figuring those things out because that's what creates the child by giving them challenges. Challenges is what yes. we, in essence as human beings is what helps us. Do you, know, do you know what I think it is? I think it's a... Something akin to keeping up with the Joneses, you know what I'm saying? 
we believe as Africans or whatever, it's a little bit antiquated to believe like, oh, these are the jobs because that's what's successful over there. It's just a little bit behind, you know what I'm saying? But now what the trend should be is recognizing unique and individual things yeah. because that's where the value is going to go because nobody else can do that. Yeah. So it would be, it would have to be a mindset shift of thinking, oh, my son's got to do this thing that these people all, like everyone else thinks is the thing. Mm. Or my kid has to do this that, in thing that I believe that these people think. And it's got to switch to, oh, this is something my kid can do that these people can't. Yeah. Let's make this the thing. Let's make this as good as it can get. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's, it's got to be that it's a, it's a mindset shift. But then that, again, like I said, it's us recognizing it in our generation. It will be the shift. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like I said, <clears throat> I had this, you know what I'm saying? And to my dad's credit, he recognized mm. and in little ways, even though as much as he wanted me to go to med school in little ways, me growing up and even till today, like today we are, we're kind of on the same page, me and Pitch. Like if we work through things, like we're, we're on, we're on a good page, but like in ways like he, he saw that, recognized it. And in his own way, like, you know, mm. kept it, you know, so the, the fact that he put me in the piano lessons, that was his idea. You know what I'm saying? He got, I, I don't know who got me there. I don't know who got me the present, but it was, he was put me in the piano lessons. Um, I think one time in school, like, you know, I'm an, I'm an artistic person in general. Like, I can draw and all that was like my first love was drawing one time in school. Like I did a, a drawing and the teacher was like, she was in love with it. She was like, I can't believe he was able to catch this and like get the, get the, what is it? The reflection of the sun. Cause kids at this age don't know about reflections. I'm like, and he kept that all these years. I'm like, and he's like, he brings it up all the time. I'm like, okay, so he can recognize that stuff in me. So it's all about recognizing it and being okay with it. Cause I think, you know, at a certain point, it's just, a, you know, they want me to be safe and okay. You know, he might recognize, oh, that's cool, but life, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So it's all about recognizing it and being able to see, of course, you got to be pragmatic and be like, is this something, he might be good at it, but is he good at it to that extent of, all right, yes. Mm. So that is, it's, that's a skill in itself to recognize that, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I, I'm a creative guy. I'm doing music and not, um, drawing because yeah. my drawing's all right but compared to what i do musically no <laughs> yeah, for real. so it's things like that you, somebody could be have a lot of good things that they're good at but it's figuring out the thing that they're good at and that will provide value you know what i'm yeah. saying and that they can do at a high level yeah so and, it's, and i think, it, it's, and, and I, and I think when, when it's harnessed from a young age as well it prevents you from being in a longer stage of confusion when you get older because right. even at this age i mean i'm I, i'm 30s even at this stage i'm still trying to figure out me i'm still right. trying to figure out what i'm good at what i'm great at and what i can harness because I've, I've got the technical skills in terms of like the day-to-day -day work i do so like data analytics and stuff that's one right. thing but regardless of how much that pays me as as, as whatever nonetheless it's not it's not my deep it's not my deep passion you see what I mean yeah, so like now since I started podcasting my family's been in radio for years by the way so I'll, I'll give you a bit of background in terms of like let's do humans podcast so um, yeah. my family's been in radio for forever N near enough a decade I think um oh, they, wow. they, they had a they, they were part of a, a Ghanaian radio station here in the UK 
Um, it was a Power Rangers station, but I think they're kind of legit now. <laughs> I think they're legit now. I'm going to give out the names before the authorities hunt them down. But, um, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so I, I, redacted, I to, redacted. Yeah, so I used to be in and around that sort of environment. And then also cool. in the last couple of years, whenever they were discussing topics in relations to like young people, whether it would be knife crime in London or mm. um, relationship issues that they're discussing within the diaspora, then they'll invite mm. me on there and I'll jump onto the show and stuff. And as I was yeah. doing, I was also hosting like little get togethers in my house where various people would meet up and have discussions. And off of the back mm. of those two things, people just kind of encouraged me to set up my own thing. And I was like, do you know what? I, I can't be bothered. Like it's, it's just too much going right. on. And eventually, you know, right. we have some friends that are extremely forceful and they think that you, you're capable of doing something because they think mm -hmm. I'm not with connecting with people. They think I've got mm -hmm. personality, which most people like, and I tend to like most mm -hmm. people for whatever reason. Like, so exactly. it's like, they, they, they just pushed me, pushed me, pushed me. And then I got into it, started doing the audio stuff first and I was falling in love with it and also getting great feedback and connecting with people. They're now going on to the YouTube stuff and I'm just merging it all together. So that's like a bit of the back end. But nice. now I realize that I enjoy it. Like I can, I can podcast all day long. I can talk to people all day yes. long if I had to. Yeah. You see what I mean? I can talk to people all day long, but nonetheless, the data side, which I'm skilled at, I can't, I can't do more <laughs> than the eight hours, which I'm contracted to do. Anything, <laughs> anything after that, I'm pulling exactly. my head, you know, even halfway through. I'm exactly. Like, yeah, and I had an amazing conversation with uh, my current manager about a year ago, and um, he, he was talking about, in terms of my, uh, my energy levels, he said he can see that I'm slacking in terms of my mm. energy levels, because he knows I'm capable of more, but I'm not. But he said something mm. interesting to me, which kind of like kicked me up the, the, the backside. He was like, I know this is not you. I know mm. as, as much as you might like the organization, as much as you might like that it, it keeps the bills paid and gives you extra cash or whatever. I know you got other passions because obviously he, he must follow my work or he, he must see my work. I never really discussed it with him directly. Right, but he must check up on it on his own yeah, time. Yeah, no, now he does because he's told me that he does. But mm. he said something. He was like, look, just see it like this. Come here, give me what I require. And then once mm -hmm. you leave, then focus where your passion is until your passion can get mm. to the point where you don't need this extra bit. And I was like, raw for for this white dude to tell me that and to show me concerning to give me the advice that I needed to hear. I was mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm gonna go for it. So now I started giving him exactly what they required as an organization, and my energy levels went up because I felt the support I was doing externally. But then he exactly. used passion there is in what I'm doing now, so I'm putting more energy into it. But then I'm thinking, as imagine we're given this a uh, younger age and we're At having these direct age. conversations with our parents, with our elders, and they're highlighting mm -hmm. these issues that are going on in our heads and these worries that we have with um, education or with the work that mm -hmm. we're doing and our passions. And they're able to level it out and break it down to us in such a way that enables us to keep motivated doing the day-to-day -day stuff that puts food on the table, but also mm -hmm. they give us that support to keep pushing. I think exactly. that's where we need to get to even quicker and with more exactly. fuel and more energy. I think so. I think so. And like I said, you can't, we can't dwell on the past. You know what I'm saying? We can't, I, the past is what it was. So it's literally now like we're of the age of it's now it's the responsibility of us because our parents are not going to have more kids. <laughs> so it's, so, so the next kids are ours. So yeah. it's like, if we want it to continue, then we have to continue. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's amazing. All you said was, when you were talking about, man, you said a lot, but I want to talk about a couple of things you said. When you were talking about um, how you can podcast all day, mm. um, 
So I got my degree in biological psychology. So I love psychology. I love how the brain works. Yeah. I'm, and I'm glad I got my degree in that. If I went back to school, I would do it again because it's like, I just love everything. Reality is not what everybody thinks it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because all I read is psychology books. Eh? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's a flow state. I was like, just all I'm going is that's called a flow state. And so we just needed to, we need to um, identify when our, kids or when people are in flow states because that's the thing when you feel like time is just going and you can do it effortlessly all day i can sit here and create songs all day mm. i can do it all day give me two minutes i'll make something you know what i'm saying like a lot of my songs a lot it's a big secret a lot of my songs i'm making a like a day oh, like real? a lot of the things <laughs> yeah a lot of the, the songs in my project i made like my, my roommates are here. Like they were here when I made them, I made them in a day, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Things like that. So when you can find that ability, but, Oh, I can, I didn't know five hours just went by, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So that's the thing that you need to continue to hone. And that's when you can see as a parent, Oh, my kid has been here doodling like all day. Yeah. Like some kids have stopped doodling at this age, but my kid is still doodling and he, do mm -hmm. he doodles all day. Let me see what he feels about that. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's something to tap into. You know what I'm saying? My kid, he's always humming and tapping. Why? Like, I, I know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, he's fine with school, but, like, why is he always humming and tapping? You know, it's, it's like noticing those types of things. So it, so it goes back to a different type of skill set that we, or that parents, you know, need to look into and need to also develop. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And these are things you don't know until you know, like, our parents didn't know that they needed yeah, to work real, into this yeah. stuff and they're only humans like we are, you know, you grow up and you think your humans are perfect. And then you realize, Oh wait, they're just people who try to make it like I'm trying to make it. They didn't know things, you know what I'm saying? Certain things I know that, you know, they didn't know certain things they know that I have yet to learn, you know what I'm saying? So maybe they didn't know about this growing up. They didn't know, you know, and it wasn't popular. Now it's a popular thing to like figure out, Oh, what should we do about this next kid generation? You know what I'm saying? So it's, it all goes back to like responsibility of the self. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. And sometimes you can't blame them as well because they, they, yeah. their journeys and struggles are way different. They were survivors. Yeah. I mean, they came over. Exactly. With, we go eat, we go pay our bills now. Everyone exactly. Was. We've, we've been given a bit more of a luxury to now figure ourselves out and right. Exactly. Because we're in the system now and, Wherever was exactly. when when some of them came over, they were just trying to avoid immigration <laughs> from, from yep. mm -hmm. capturing them. So they they constantly in that state, that mind state, that uh, survival state, that survival like gotta state. gotta yeah. watch out state. And I've been privileged mm -hmm. to be able to have like open conversations with my parents, so I know where their mind state was at at the time. It was like, mm -hmm. yo, if I can't lose this job because it would be near enough impossible for me to find another one. So to right. be in a mind state and then trying to raise kids at the same time. It's, it's very different. So, yeah, we it's, should definitely yeah. move forward, like, um, use the privilege that we have to enable our kids to have a better future. But um, So I've got a question for you, since you're from the States. Um, the last year or so has been, like, a super interesting um, mm -hmm. view for us outside of the States in terms of, like, the, the, the social movement and also right. the election and everything else. Right. It's just been one massive... 
I, I don't want to call it entertaining because I know people are really struggling out there and people are really... I know what you, you want to say shit show, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a massive shit show. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, we, we don't have the best stuff. We don't have the best political state here either. We, we have our own issues going on. And even after the pandemic, now we're just being reminded that we've got Brexit like just popping up around the corner and we have no deal at the moment and on the 1st yeah. of Jan we have no deal and everyone's kind of like trying to figure out what the hell's going on and I have flights booked across Europe that are just being cancelled left, right and centre they're wow. like well we don't know if um, you might need a visa to go here so we're just going to cancel your wow. we don't know what's going wow. on and businesses are struggling so it's been a shit show everywhere but the states in particular that's next level of a shit show how's it been on Grand Zero for like someone that lives out there? Man, it has really been something else. Mm. Um, and I have a very, I think I have a very unique perspective on it because a couple of things, a couple of things. I wasn't a nurse up until um, this year. This is my first year as being a nurse. Mm. I was in school for a year and then we went to Nigeria. And then as we came back, that's when I like, became um I was working a little bit, but this is my, it's been a year since I've been a nurse, but imagine if I wasn't in school to be a nurse at the time before then I was kind of struggling mm. and like I was a substitute teacher and it was just hard to come by substitute teaching jobs where I was specifically because I had just moved. So it was, I was just having a hard time. A lot of different things had happened. And imagine that if I was still in that position now, I don't know what I would be doing because yeah. everyone had like, Everybody's significantly shut down unless you are a essential worker. Mm. So healthcare, all that stuff are essential workers. So it's a, it was a blessing that in time I was able to become really? an LVN. Yeah. So, and that's helped me to continue to do music. Some people don't have an outlet, you know what I'm saying? So, I, on, and then on top of that, <laughs> just, oh man, on top of that, my birthday this year was on election day. Oh, for real. <laughs> right. So it was a lot of different things, a lot of like layered things that, that gave me a unique perspective of this year. But at the end of the day, it made me just be um, really thankful because I really could have been in a different spot. My family could have been in a different spot. Um, and it's, it's really interesting, especially when you're in healthcare to hear all these stories about people, you know, losing their loved ones and passing away. And then also hearing like the contradicting things in the news of like what you should do, you know what I'm saying? Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, things like that. Yeah. And um, like even, even now it's like hard to even put into words because it's real. Like, it's a real thing. The virus itself is a real thing. But, of course, I also know, like, I also know what fear does to people. You know what I'm saying? So, part of me, part of me knows that it's real because I'm in the healthcare service. I know it's real. But me, like, just knowing what I know about psychology and how, what media is today, I know that there's a fear play as well. So it's a clashing of things that's in the States, you know what I'm saying? It's been a clashing of things like people are talking out of both sides of their, both sides of their mouth, you know what I'm saying? And people are getting contradicting things and they don't know what to listen to. And 
and it becomes really hard to like decipher what's true and what's not because of everything like social media and all that stuff, everything that becomes, what's the word? Inflated. You know what I'm saying? People grab on like a, some, somebody says something and then it just, because people want to be the first person or get notoriety for saying it first, it becomes a thing without people going to back check and things like that. So, and, and th these are things that are all like interwoven in like, the whole dynamic of the states this past year, you know what I'm saying? I think everything kind of came to a head with healthcare, with what was going on in media, with people's financial situations. I think everything just kind of came to a head. Um, and like I said, I, I can just be grateful to God that, you know, that I was able to be in a position where it wasn't as tough as it was for other people, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know. And, and my prayers always go out to people who are struggling, you know, especially in times like this. I know people who have lost, you know, their jobs, lost businesses, oh, yeah, lost loved ones. And so it's been a very unique time. It's been a very unique time. And I can only, we only pray and hope that things will start to shift in a more positive direction coming 2021, yeah. you know. The, the thing is, like, um, with human beings, fear and, well, in particularly with modern day human beings, fear and sex is like the biggest sellers. And um, yeah. in, in knowing that our media is here to sell, whether it be advertisement or products, they, they're going to try and draw our attention by using these two things in order to entice mm -hmm. us. And um, mm -hmm. it, if, if the media are just focused on trying to keep our eyes and ears directed to them, they're not really going to be focusing on what the truth is, because the truth can sometimes be boring. Or the truth right. can sometimes be too plain, so they then focus on what our um, what our intuition and what our fears are and what, what our pleasures mm -hmm. are, and that's that's kind mm -hmm. of been the major letdown when you look at like modern media. And I personally think modern media, um, mainstream media in particularly, right now they're in a fight against independent media, so they're starting to do a lot more of the clickbait stuff where, it, yeah. where independent media started off from in order to compete. Mm -hmm. Because we realized yeah. that the traction was becoming too much towards independent media. So now mm -hmm. sometimes if you go, so if you look at YouTube, for instance, and I don't know how it is in the States, but in or if you go on YouTube and some of the uh, mainstream <laughs> YouTube channels, all their thumbnails are very similar to the independent media stuff. There's no difference between mm. the KSI thumbnail as, a, as there would be to one of the mainstream media's thumbnails. And there's a reason behind that because they're trying to compete with this um, new outlet. And it's a bit um, because we're not getting the truth anymore. We're just getting the 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 clickbaity stuff that will draw us into this. What's it called? Tourism. It's like uh, just headline news. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? You're right. Uh, and I think that's a it's a real thing that I say that because they say we're in the uh, age of information. That's what mm. they say. Mm. But what we need to do is find a way to shift from the age of information to the age of truth you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. uh and not of course there's subjective truth da, 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 but of course there are real truths out there that are real for you know what i'm saying so we need to find a way to say be able to figure out where this information is coming from and if it's from a valid source you know what i'm saying uh so that'll be the, the next like big challenge i think for us as you know just everywhere in the united states and the world in general is figuring out what is true about what is being said because yeah. now you can search up anything anywhere at the fingertips you know what i'm saying yeah i think you know growing up in the 80s they would hide knowledge you know what i'm saying 
now you can't hide knowledge, but what you can do is change what people are finding. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can change the interpretation of something or try and alter right. it. You know exactly. Because I, mean? yeah, exactly. I had a conversation with someone regarding ultimate truth. Like we had a um we we had a nearly enough three hour debate in my house, and like we're we're a bit tipsy, so we were probably just going around in circles. But <laughs> he was saying he's a, he's a very he's very far left in his political view. I'm quite in the center. I'm not. I don't sway right. left. I don't sway right. I just want to hear. I stuff. think I'm pretty center. I just want yeah. to hear stuff. And um, he said that he said that the, the word ultimate truth in itself is 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 bigoted. And I was like, how is that bigotry? Like, mm -hmm. bro, like how he goes the ultimate mm -hmm. truth can't exist because. It, um, what's the word he uses? He ostracizes people. He said something along them lines. Mm -hmm. I was like, what the heck? So you're saying, okay, bending the truth in order to make people feel good. Right. Would be uh -huh. The way that we navigate across the world. And I was like, no, that is, we're going into a state of madness right now. Me, exactly. I believe if that's how we, we, we want to navigate the world whereby ultimate truth is non-existent because it can make mm -hmm. a, um, a marginalized group potentially. I agree. And I was like, look, I believe everyone should be able to do whatever the hell they want. And so, mm -hmm. and so should I. I should be able to go mm -hmm. to church if I want to. And you can be you mm -hmm. should be able to dislike church um a Christian philosophy if you want to. That's that's up to you. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. There should be laws that protect both of us from having those beliefs and that protects us right. from respecting your beliefs and you respecting mine. But nonetheless, I should be able to do what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Right. And right. if you say ultimate truth is bigoted as it marginalizes a particular group, then where do we stand as a people? Then where is, every, you know what I'm saying? Then what is true? What's gravity? Is gravity not an ultimate truth? <laughs> I mean, given five years, gravity might be a bigotry word. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say that here. We said ultimate centrifugal force. I don't know. I mean, at the stage that we're going right now, everything is being questioned. Everything is being... That's questioned. true. People... Man, with the moon and the earth being flat, I'm like, oh my gosh, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you ever oh been caught goodness. in like a rabbit hole where like you discover something new and then con constantly social media starts pushing it at you? Because um, yeah. I, I was I was about I was I was about to have a recording with a um a virologist, so I wanted to study like um vaccines and stuff like that, so just in order to enable me to have a a um an educated opinion and write okay. like good enough questions to have conversations mm -hmm. with this individual. Mm -hmm. And the worst thing you can ever do on YouTube or on social media is type in a particular question because now you're going to get bombarded with this. So right. I typed in like um, anti-vaxxers. I just wanted to know uh -huh. what's going on here. And for the mm -hmm. last three three weeks, my every time I turn on YouTube I'm get, or, or any social media, I'm getting bombarded with anti-vaxxer propaganda. Anti-vaxxer, huh? And it's man. like, I can see how It's the algorithm, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was being introduced to like groups on, on Facebook and also, wow. like, yo, yo, I just wanted to... You start seeing, like, ads about it and things like that on Instagram, huh? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm having all sorts. So now all sorts of weirdos mm -hmm. are adding me on social media, like, and I'm being yeah, introduced weird stuff. And I'm like, yo, I, I can see how... Um, so have you have you looked into the anti-vaxxers? So if you look into anti-vaxxers, um, there's a particular mm -hmm. group that it dominates. It's um, at-home mm -hmm. single mothers or, oh or mothers with, like, multiple kids. So okay. I, I don't know. I try to look into it to figure out psychologically what's happening here. So it's right. a group of people that are at home and obviously are mm -hmm. concerned because they've got children and they've dealt with vaccines mm -hmm. historically. So they've probably mm -hmm. gone online to search up um, potential like um, side effects of vaccines. 
And then, right. the, then a couple of months down the line, they find themselves drawn up into this um, environment. This hole, yes. Another six uh-huh. months down the line, they're in the middle of Trafalgar Square in London protesting. And uh-huh. there's a journey. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. There's a journey. Yeah, there's an arc. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I realized that because I follow the trail, I get really excited when I find bits of information. Mm-hmm. That's just how I am. Mm-hmm. So I, I, You're I, a dark connector, huh? <laughs> yeah, I am. It's, it's crazy. So then I realized that there's actually a journey from parents asking mm-hmm. simple questions on Google, being like, oh my God, how is this going to affect my two-year-old son to them being in the street protesting against the government? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm happy because scary. I don't want my son. Exactly. It, yeah. it's, it's scary stuff because obviously social media, they, they try to make money by drawing eyes onto them. But at the same time, they also have to follow the route of enticing people with what it is that they want and they search for the most. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very um, uh, what's the word? Not delicate, um, but uh, it's an interesting situation. You've seen the social dilemma on Netflix. I've seen it. Yeah, I've actually yeah. I've actually contacted a few of the guys who are on there, so I'm in conversation. Okay, with them. Yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you talk to them, tell them to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's interesting yeah. because some of them built it, and then it's like the machine is bigger than me now. I don't know what the hell is. So right, that's always the thing. It's, you it's know scary. what I'm saying? It's scary. That's How do you feel after watching that? I was like, it's just stuff you already know, you know what I'm saying? But how you break, how they break it down so bluntly and in your face is like, wow, they already know too. <laughs> and yeah. They're still yeah. struggling. So that was the thing that got me. I was like, oh, so they already know what it's doing. They just don't know what to do about it or how to go, you know? So it's very interesting because as an artist, I got to be up on these things. You know what I'm saying? And I hate it. I really hate it. Yeah. But it's the way to. It is. It's the way to get the things and the message out there. Yeah. Like I was just mm-hmm. thinking about it today. Like, why do I have to be on Instagram so much? Mm-hmm. I was like, why? Because yeah. I can't put content on, on Twitter, and YouTube is not the right kind of like digestible content. People can't just scroll through YouTube like that. They yeah. just click content. So that's why it's got to be either TikTok which still I'm not really into yet. And I, cause that's a whole thing. You get into, yeah. Man. And then, so I'm still, that's like, well, that's why I'm on Instagram because this is the best way for me to get my message out there consistently, like on, you know, the way I want it, yeah. at least for right now, um, or one of, one of a really good ways to do it and get my message out there. So that's, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like a give, it's like a oh, double-edged sword, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But what I think needs to happen is, researching how to go about it healthily you know what i'm saying um because it's all new um we're all being exposed to it at the same time like this is a big shift in human culture uh you know in general uh like 20 years we're gonna look at this and be like oh we didn't even realize how big this thing was like the printing press was you know saying they're probably like oh we just want newspapers faster (laughs) or or whatever and that like really changed you know how messages and things got about you know i'm saying so it'll be something akin to that but what we need to do is just and we learn you know we learn how to decipher you, you know, you, you could kind of tell, you know, okay, reading, okay, this does not look like a real story, you know what I'm saying? Uh, we figured that out on, like, that side of, like, yeah. eventually we figured out how to deal with paper, you know what I'm saying, and that type of media. 
So now it's just like in our evolution, we just have to figure out now how to deal with this new kind of thing we've created. And so I think that's just the research has to go into figuring out, okay, if you're, if you have certain conditions or certain ways you certain, you know, certain mental things, maybe you shouldn't be online so much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Talk to your doctor about your, your online use, you know what I'm saying? And you, you know, think about a schedule that you can, get to that can help you function you know what i'm saying so it's it's going to be things like that and that might sound silly right now why should i go to my doctor about my social media use mm. well so you so you avoid like deep depression yeah, from like sure. uh con, you know con, what is it like uh uh what's the word comparing yourself you know what i'm saying yeah. things like that because like, you're, um, you're not committing suicide off of the back of this especially like young girls when it comes to like body and physical features and exactly exactly and if you if you look at like human interaction as well like the literature says that we can only know more than 150 people like our minds our brains can't take that but you mm -hmm. can there's people on social media there's like 14 year old girls with like millions or hundreds of thousands of of men continuously like hitting them right. up on social media so how you are you able to take in that level of interaction where at that, at that age yeah that yeah age. When, when we're told that the literature says 150 people, we, we've all gone beyond that. So how mm -hmm. does that work? <laughs> to me, for like for, for me in particular, I'm not big on social media, even though I'm supposed mm -hmm. to because it's the, the work I do. But I, I just right. love what I do and then I put it out there in the hope that those mm -hmm. that enjoy it as much as me get something out of it as much as I do. But like mm -hmm. I can't do with social media because of the way that, because of my communication style. So I like to break things down. I like to have proper conversations with people. Yeah. And t like for Twitter, it's about my no-goes, like my number one hate. Because I feel like people are trying to have serious, I don't know if they really have a serious conversation, but people want to express themselves in depth, but they've only got a minimal amount of words to words, yeah. do this. And it's you're never going to get to the bottom of anything. Because mm -hmm. I can say two words to you, even though I'm trying to get to know, but you might take that as an insult because of the introduction. Exactly. Exactly. Have in order to make that introduction. Whereas here, if we're having a conversation and I say something that's out of line, we can work mm -hmm. through it. Because right. this I can ask a question and like, yo, what did you really mean right here? Yeah. And you can like go in depth about things. And, and then we can we agree to really disagree or whatever. Or, or like I can explain it to the point where you might understand and get my point. But I remember when I first, people, my, my boy, my friends always like, yo, you need to jump on Twitter because of the podcast and you have like great mm -hmm. content, get involved in people's conversations. So one mm -hmm. day um, I thought, okay, and they know me, like when we're in public or when we're together in a group, I, I get a conversation cracking. And like, I'll, mm -hmm. I'll always play like the devil's advocate because I like, okay, I'm, yeah, I'm that guy. In there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought they, were, they were like, just be yourself on Twitter. And I'm like, no, you don't want me to be myself. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get cancelled if I'm being, if I'm being, oh myself. my god, <laughs> so don't believe my account. My sister warned me about this. They were like, look, try not to be yourself too much on Twitter because it's good. Oh my god, but I thought, okay, one day, let me be myself, yeah. And um, <laughs> myself means that if I don't, I might not necessarily believe in something, but if someone makes a statement, I'll probe them on it. So there's okay. a, there's a, there's a, she listens to this podcast anyway. There's a, there's a feminist um, follower who I have who, were, who was on Twitter and it's like on her, on her Twitter handle, she's always going on about the, um, the patriarchy. Like that's her thing, 24 uh -huh. seven. Right, right, patriarchy, right. patriarchy, this patriarchy. Right, right. That. Fair enough. That's your fight. So I, right, right. I, I, I told her, oh, um, can you define the patriarchy? Because according to this, this is a privilege which benefits all men. But mm -hmm. I believe that 
it, what was the statement I said? I said, I believe that you're attributing the, um, the, the hyper um, performance and acquisition of um, resources of a small group of men to all men. Mm -hmm. But if you consider, mm -hmm. the, the, if you go to the far extreme and consider all of the worst things that's happening to people in this world is actually happening mm -hmm. to men. Imprisonment, mm -hmm. violent crime, um, um, suicide, right, right. homelessness. So I listed True. a whole bunch of stuff with stats. That's just me being that annoying guy. So I True, yeah. <laughs> and, and she was like, Oh, you as a black man, you benefit from patriarchy, this and that. So she went into oh, one and I went into one as well. Then obviously, because she has a larger following, I hardly have anyone on Twitter. All of my uh, friends were like, <laughs> uh, So me being myself as I was talking to be got me into a war with women calling me all sorts of bigotry names. And I'm like, I'm far from... Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'll tell you that for free. Like, I've got... Oh, my circle, God. You don't. I've got more diversity in my circle than you do. Like... Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, but... That's interesting. Yeah, because... And then... All of a sudden, I got labelled as something. Do you know what I mean? That I'm not because, yeah. because I inquired your beliefs, which you clearly haven't looked into that deeply. Because if you did, you'd be able to have a constructive argument mm -hmm. to back up or to or to counter everything I just said. Do you see what mm -hmm. I mean? Because you you are blaming mm -hmm. the hyper performance. That 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 part of it yeah, is my belief for the patriarchy. But I also understand mm -hmm. what she means by patriarchy and benefit because I think right. I think everyone has privilege. Everyone has mm -hmm. their own level of privilege. Women do, right. men do, black, white, yes. everyone has their level of privilege. Yes. And but you're you're acclaiming the most hyper at the top. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, like let me challenge you and then see where you're coming yeah, from. Yeah, just a little challenge, just yeah, to just see like challenge. the angles that you're from. And people don't yeah. like being challenged as well. That's my worry. That's, That's the thing. In particular, I'm like, if we don't challenge each other, we're never gonna get anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. Iron sharp as iron. And if I'm not able to like challenge you on your most extreme beliefs and you just want to mm -hmm. label me off of the back of that, that's that's crazy. Like Twitter's not for me, then I'd rather stick to podcasting where I can have like in-depth conversations. The conversation. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, it, I struggle yeah. with social media, but I've got to get better at it because I need to get my work out there. So <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like I said, that double-edged sword, gotta get the work out, but you know, don't wanna get don't want to injure yourself <laughs> like yeah. putting the work out you know what I'm saying but yeah but so social like media also has its great benefits um I mean one in particular which recently um happened was like the NSARS movement and mm -hmm. the impact of social media that had um there was something intriguing that happened here in the UK um during that whole movement was um the day after the the shooting of the protesters by the um, mm -hmm. Nigerian army there was a mm -hmm. statement sent to the um, center number 10 Downing Street here in the UK mm -hmm. from the Nigerian government saying that um, all the shootings were false and um, mm -hmm. nothing had happened. <laughs> so interesting. <laughs> very interesting. interesting. So the following morning, we got a statement saying that, oh, yeah, we just heard from the, the Nigerian um, authorities and nothing had happened there. So it's just mm -hmm. a whole bunch of kids. So I was like, OK, hold on a moment. I watched mm -hmm. I watched DJ Switches live. I watched mm -hmm. various people in Nigeria's lives. I saw people's mm -hmm. legs hanging off. I saw the shootings yeah. before CNN. Mm -hmm. I remember CNN done mm -hmm. a recent documentary revealing exactly what happened using satellite right. and various cameras. So mm -hmm. are you telling me that this was some sort of Hollywood staged um, mm -hmm. live that was filmed using... Like a flash mob? A couple of <laughs> legs. So I was like, wait, hold on. Are these, is this government being so naive to think that they can send a statement to other countries' mm -hmm. leaderships and completely deny and lie about everything that we saw live? You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's the power of social media, being having access to 
like right the like, actual things that's going on at that moment and that is the power of social media you're correct most that's true you know and even the same thing even more locally um with like police shootings uh the fact that people are able to share yeah. videos yeah. like that you know they've always happened just no one was able to quickly share something like that to get a mass awareness to it you know what i'm saying so that is the it, it, it's not you know it's not bad we have to learn how to use the tool you know what i'm saying it's just a tool of what we're using if you you know if you use a hammer to build a house great if you use a hammer to smack them in the head not so great it's mm-hmm. the same tool you know what I'm saying? It's just, what are you using it for? You Do you give a hammer to a baby or do you give a hammer to a carpenter? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So we have to learn how to use the, this tool that we are, that we, you know, that we've yeah. built ourselves, but we have to learn how to use it. You know what Most I'm saying? Definitely. And I think it serves as a deterrent as well, especially as, as like you mentioned, with like the, the police shootings that have been documented recently and with the protest and protecting mm-hmm. those that are on the front line. But in, in regards to like, American police, like us in the UK, I mean, our police don't even carry guns. They only uh, firearm police only get called out when there's a firearm incident. So they're like a completely different unit because obviously we don't. Have, the guns are not legal here, but people still have people still get guns over from Europe, from Europe, like the old USSR, Russia, and so forth. So guns still mm-hmm. get shipped in, but it's not as rife as it is in America. Like you can't just. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in um, New York one time. I, f- I forgot, like someone said, like, if you sign up for that b- bank account, you get like a rifle or something. And I was like, that's wild. Like, I, I don't know if I saw an ad or something. This was years ago, about 10 years. That's and I was crazy. like, that's wild. In the UK, you're not picking up a gun that easy. But it is, no. what's, the, what's the situation like with the police over there? Is it really like as dark as we get to see it from our end? I think, um, man, it's, it's a, again, everything is, everything is two sides mm. and the media is good at hyper inflating things and things like that. It's real what happens with the police and, um, you know, people of color. It's real. And then on the other side, of course, there are noble police officers who want to do a good job mm. and who don't want any of this to be happening. But the issue comes when <clears throat> man, like I said, everyone, it, it's the media is really good at like showing fear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when fear is in play, reason goes away. Like it's real what's happening, but the media is good at showing everyone the fear. And so the people on the other side, the, the police officers become, what's the word? Um, I guess defensive, you know what I'm saying? Because they feel like they're doing their best. Of course, you know what I'm saying? So it's a, a, they feel like now we have to protect our own as well, too. You know what I'm saying? So it becomes a whole defensive thing. This side versus that side. It's a tribalistic nature of us, of humans, isn't it? Exactly. It's a tribalistic nature. And so it becomes that side is denying what's happening on the other side, mm. no matter what. You know what I'm saying? There are, there are you know, people on 
you know, I guess whatever, all lives matter if that's what you want to call it, saying, yes, but police officers and things are happening. Yes, that is true. Yes, but that's not the argument that we're having right now because you can see, um, uh, I mean, you can see, you can just with your eyes, you can see the drastic difference of what happens between people of color and other races. Mm. You can see, and then when you break down the numbers, statistically, you can see it's in higher percentages. You know, we're not the, you know, minorities are, or, or I guess black people are not the, uh, what is it? They are not the majority of people in, um, mm. in America, but the, the statistic of, you know, crimes against, or, you know, police brutality against them is higher in their bracket than it is in any other bracket. So it's a rate thing. So, but then when you go, when that comes to the other side, again, it's just the defense. But wait, but wait, but no, 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 no. So you're saying that my dad, who's the best dad in the world, is a police officer. You're saying he's killing black people? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it becomes, people have to be able to have a conversation, like, and a real conversation without, feelings can get involved, but wanting to see things from the other side and then wanting to get better. Everybody just wants their team to win. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants the collective to be better. So I say that all to say it's a mix of both. Like there are things happening that have always happened that are not just becoming shed to light, Mm. but some people may feel that it's, Some people may feel that it's being exaggerated yeah. because the media is good at using it for their own yeah, for purposes. Their own. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's real and exaggerated at the same time. Mm. And so the exaggerated part is where the other side is seeing because they feel like they're they're being exaggerated against. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day. There has to be a conversation and there has to be goodwill between parties. Yeah. And I, I don't say parties because that makes it terrible. That makes it seem like there are actually feuding parties. It makes it seem like there's actually police against people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's all a system. We're all in the same system. So what we need to do is it's the system that needs to change. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. People are the whole defund the police thing. That all goes to <laughs> messaging. Like, how are you speaking? Like, why would you say defund the police? Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah. If I'm a police, if I'm a police officer and I hear that, of course I'm not going to support it. Of course, defund yeah, the, why? Yeah, why? Why would I just post support that? Yeah. Why would you defund doctors? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why? Doctors yeah. have a What's lot. Your of livelihood potentially gone. Exactly. Mm. So, so the conversation should have been okay. Not defund the police. Let's reallocate community funds. Mm. Boom. Are the police part of the community? Yes. Mm. Okay. Or let's re- let's reallocate. Um, uh, what's it called? Community protection funds. Something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So so the message comes across. Oh, the funds are being reallocated. What does that mean? Let me look into that. What is what's reallocate? Oh, you're going to move this to here. Why? Because what? Oh, because there's too much money that goes into here, mm. and these people are suffering detrimentally in comparison. So that if we can take some extra and give to these people, this system can still do its job 
these people can feel a little better and let's have a little system in between so these people can communicate you know let's throw some money in between there so these people can you know have a way of having good terms in between each other on a regular basis mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so that's where i think the conversation needs to get to it's all everyone needs to put tribalism and pride aside if we can or have two or have spokespeople from sides who can do that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And want to come together and, and, you know, and make it better, make the system better. But first has to, there has to be some acknowledgement on both yeah. sides, you know what I'm saying? And then yeah. agreement to try to get it better. And I don't know how we're going to do that, but we need to do that. It's simple, but it's, you know, easy and simple are not the same thing. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, the common goal should be the same. Um, I had a really interesting conversation with, um, I don't know if you heard of him, William Van Hippel. He's a very renowned um, um, evolutionary biologist. And um, we were, I, I asked, because I know he's, he's a biologist, but I just asked him the race question anyway. I was like, why is there such a big divide? And it seems to be, from the outside, an even bigger divide developing um, <laughs> more recently. And um, he, he explained to me the, the human behaviors in terms of war and perceived war. So right yeah. now, there's a perceived war. There's not perceived really war. a war. Like we can say there's a race war. There's not really a war. A war is a completely different word. We're walking on the street, killing each other, punching each other mm-hmm. up. That's not what's happening. But in terms of war mm-hmm. and perceived war, we retract back to protecting our own. We retract back to our tribes. And what that mm-hmm. happens is that even though we're having a war and it's, um, it's a conversational war, we still be, we become more bigoted to the opposition because everyone wants to win instead of finding a common ground to work together. So yes. his interpretation of what's going on is that everyone's retrieved back to their own and it becomes hard to then have a common ground conversation because mm-hmm. I have to stick with my tribe. I have to back my I tribe. I have to stick with my, my team. You know yeah, what I have saying? to back my team. And that's what it is. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I put forward the scenario team when I was answering this question. I said to him, whenever I'm watching two boxes fight, one is black, one is white, I, I, it hurts me when the black guy's getting beaten up. <laughs> <laughs> why do you go? Why you got talking about Nate Curry? I mean, uh, Nate. <laughs> why you, why you I, mean, I tried not to drop his like name that, in there. <laughs> I tried not to drop his name in there because he's been getting bad. Oh, online, redacted, man. redacted. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's been getting bad online. But I, I gave him that example. I was like, yo, like, but I think I switched up the names. I said, oh, if Anthony Joshua was to be fighting um, Tyson okay. Fury or whatever, right, I would be right, hurt right. if Anthony Joshua right. punched up. And he goes, he goes, one of the conversations that we're not having is the, um, is the honest and truthful conversation about what tribalism works, but we need to figure out how we can better function in a multicultural society where there's various tribes and everyone's being protected equally and taken care Mm -hmm. of equally. And that's the issue. But the more we retract into our tribes and the more we, we, we struggle to find common grounds and stuff, it makes it more difficult. So now it's like, we're all trying to create our own like hubs within our tribes. I recently heard that there's a new um, national anthem in America, the black national anthem. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's been there. It's like there, it's, it's always been, it's always been there. It's okay, the, so it's not uh, something new. It's not something new. It's, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly when it started, if it was, uh, pre the pre civil war or not, but it's, it's been there in history, but it's like a personal, like almost like a, like a hymn or a spiritual okay. that they have. We like that has always been said amongst themselves. Like they know that it's there. But now it's to the point like, okay, well, we have it. Like, and like, 
y'all don't respect us with that anthem, as we can see per Colin Kaepernick. So we got to embrace something else, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think that's what it is because I'm a, I used to be a substitute teacher and uh, a lot of the schools I went to were, you know, predominantly black schools. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them weren't, some, you know, were just normal public schools, but some of them I went to were predominantly black and they would have the, the regular national anthem and they would have the black national anthem. Oh, so, yeah. yes. So it's, uh, it's been a thing. So mm-hmm. it's just now, um, I think they're becoming there or it's trying, the movement is trying to make it like a, a more yeah. bigger, like staple of the culture. Yeah. It's interesting because in America is more uh, in the, in the UK is more of a class war than it is a, a class perceived war than it is a racial thing mm-hmm. because here, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, you know, they, they love their middle class, upper class, um, mm-hmm. aristocrats. Like they just, that's the, that's the British history. Do you know what I mean? So for instance, uh-huh. like when I talk to people from the States, they're like, Oh, you sound, you sound English. You sound very posh. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, yeah. If you ask if you ask about my accent in England, is it the bottom of the sentence? <laughs> I'm a local boy in England. I'm like they're like this like, is not proper English. Yeah, this is this is not proper. This is like when people hear me, don't know I'm black. Like it's not it's not oh, the Queen. I don't sound like the Queen, but <laughs> that's not the Queen's English. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I, when I speak to people that, that don't know much about like UK culture, they assume uh-huh. because um, especially if they're American or whatever, they assume because I, I sound British more than obviously. Uh-huh. They assume that it's it's good British. I'm like, no, mm. no, no, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, if I That's pick hilarious. up the phone, they know where I'm from. They know how I look like. <laughs> right. They're like, hey, man, what are you trying to stunt on me with your accent? Like, I'm not. Yeah, this, yeah. yeah. This not. <laughs> and it, it's a class thing because here, once they hear you, they automatically associate you with a class. And I can hear, mm. I can hear a white person and automatically associate them with their class. We all sound very, very different based on whatever class criteria they put you in. And it's, it's very interesting, man, because the wars of race and class and stuff like that is, is going to be a bane on us until us as a society are able to have like proper conversations as to how to sort of like fix the system as a whole. Yeah. I feel like included. That's interesting. Yeah, it's that's we don't, there's not so much of like a. I mean, there's always class issues, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's always, like, right now we have the the middle class is getting, uh, I don't know if it's getting, I'm trying to remember if it's getting bigger or smaller right now. I think the middle class is getting, I want to say bigger. I think it's getting bigger. Which means it's, yeah, which means it's harder to, like, get up to, like, a, you know, a bigger. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? And the poverty... Oh, so there's being what it is is a bigger divide. Like the poverty gap is increasing, and then also the one percent gap is like, uh, like what it is, what it takes to be in the one percent is like drastically increasing. Thanks to so the middle class and and the gang. Yeah. (laughs) mm -hmm. Yeah. So the middle class is getting squished with everything, with taxes and all that Mm -hmm. stuff, because lower class can't pay taxes. Upper high one percent getting tax cuts. Mm. So middle class is getting squeezed. So it's not, and it's not like uh, no one goes and like listens to oh middle class guy, I'm not going to talk to you type of thing. (laughs) I mean, of course, it might be like that for sure, but it's not like an inherent like people thing in front of you know top of the top of the thing and people's it's more so the race thing over here mm. but it's interesting for you for that to be the um, the case over there in the uk yeah, with because 
Here there, there is. I know it's like that in India as well too. Oh yeah, for real. Yeah, like here in the UK, yeah. there is a there is a um, working class tone. There's a tone to our, our accent, and it's it's uh-huh. associated with being working class. And um, the, it's it's funny because sometimes we, so when when I was in, when I was in university or you local college, um, uh-huh. we had this lecture and we were talking about class, and um, they said, oh, everybody in this room right now, once you if you if you pass if you pass your degree and you get the certificate, you automatically leave the working class um, status. And I'm like, huh? Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, I guess. Moving yeah, on up. Like, I, wasn't, I wasn't really queuing up to enter or exit any uh-huh. class. I don't really care. But um, uh-huh. the assumption was that the original, original um, working class never really got the university degree. And it, it shows that in that lecturer's mind, he was really old school in that sense that he, uh-huh. he in his programming, he thought okay, he, he was still under the assumption that that's how things work now. And that's how they should right. work. You guys should be privileged to be here because once you get your right. degree now, you're going to be uh, stepping into the middle class. I'm like, no, I'm going to be stepping, stepping into up the there. unemployment line. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but yeah, it's, been, it's been interesting times in the last couple of um, years in terms of, like, I feel like it's been like the, whereas you were talking about the the um, the one percenters, I feel like it's been the biggest wealth grab ever in history. Like mm-hmm. it's been ridiculous in terms of like how wealth is being shifted, like true wealth. Yeah. And if you yes. watch all the major companies that are thriving during these times, it just shows you where money's gonna end up after all of this is done and the people are really going mm-hmm. to struggle because independent businesses are crumbling. Like I've got friends mm-hmm. with businesses who are like they've been forced into taking loans that they had no mind of planning to take prior to this year, but they have to in order to keep their business afloat. And it's going to have a detrimental yeah. effect onwards from here. Cause some of them are taking 50 grand, hundred grand just to yeah. survive, not even to make profit or break even. So once we're right. done with all of this chaos that we're going through, there's going to be a lot of independent businesses crumbling and going into major debt that they never anticipated. And that wealth mm-hmm. gap is that wealth grab is going somewhere. So mm-hmm. it's been an interesting times and I'm just telling people just to be aware of what they're doing and how they're doing it because not only is it playing out now, it's going to play out for years to come. Mm-hmm. Like years to come. I mean, obviously years you're in essential work, so you're safe in that space. But um, currently right now here in the UK, I'm on, I'm on a thing called furlough, which means that... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know what that work. is. Yeah, you understand the process, how yeah. it works. And mm-hmm. the government pays... Um, 80% of your salary and so forth and organizations are putting workers onto these schemes in order to protect themselves because we can save money from paying his salary up until March but then after mm-hmm. March they make the decision whether to keep wow. it depending on how much they were able to save so it's tricky wow. times for everyone man it's very very tricky times but well, I mean we survived worse and I'm sure we'll survive this and come out of it thriving man yeah I mean see that's the thing you know uh, us going through it now there are definitely things that we are going through. Of course, yes, there's going to be some detrimental things, but the experience of all of us that are able to come across on the other side will be an experience that we can hopefully build on. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> Everything happens so that you can prepare for, you know, maybe a similar situation in the future and prepare for it better. You know what I'm saying? Um, because, through this year, a lot of people might have tried to or had to do a lot of different things that they might not have spent time doing. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, besides the fact that they were had to stay at home, you know what I'm saying? Maybe they would have done their regular job, but now they had to 
constantly keep their mind busy so they're tapped into a passion of theirs and things like that and so um like i see that because like this year i put out three projects you know what i'm saying then i was like that's the most amount of music that i put out in a year and you know if i didn't have like i had i still had some downtime you know what i'm saying because everyone else had downtime so if i didn't have that extra downtime i might not have put out as much work as i needed to you know what i'm saying and you know, so different things have come from me doing that, like different people I've met. So it's like, wow, if this hadn't happened, I might not have done this type of thing. So yeah. there's always like a couple ways to look at it. Um, I know that businesses will have to deal with like, people have to deal with things. But if if you're able to come come like through that, it's definitely a, like a scar and like, and when you scar up your muscles, that's how you build them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like a, it's tough. Like it's a, right now it's a very long workout that we don't necessarily want to be in. You know what I'm saying? And if we can make it, of course, like if we can make it past, we have to, it's, we have to deal with like the recovery. You know what I'm saying? Ouch, it hurts. Da, 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 da. But, you know, come, come down the road, maybe two, three years the lessons, whatever we had, the trouble, the challenges we went through that we were able to, you know, um, surpass mm. maybe two, three down years down the road, we'll be able to say, Oh, cool. I learned that lesson then. Mm. And now I can function this way. And now I'm <clears throat> maybe this situation I'm in now, I would have folded a long time ago, but because I was able to do something in that Corona season and I was able to keep going, this is nothing because I did, I was able to do that back then. So, you know, I think that's a couple, that's another way of looking. And that's how I usually try to look at things anyway. That's like my default of like, all right, but, and I, that's, that's to my dad. He's like always growing up. He's like, well, what did you learn? We go to the movies, <laughs> watching like, I don't know, Winnie the Pooh or whatever. He's like, what did you learn? I'm like, bro, it was Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no. Everything, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah. I think that's, it's that's like, amazing, take something. Amazing, man. Like what, one thing that I'm definitely going to do um, once all of this is over, is I'm definitely going to exaggerate the situation to my kids. I'm going to be exaggerating like some crazy Hollywood movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, y'all, y'all don't even want to know about the even, Those zombies, people walking around. Like, <laughs> I, I was walking around, like, the walking dead had my, oh. had my sword with me. I, was I had my sword and my flamethrower on deck. <laughs> I'm definitely exaggerating because you know there's going to be a couple of movies made about it. So they're going to exaggerate. Oh, yeah. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're waiting for it. And then I'm going to take mm -hmm. that to the next extent and push it. Thank you, guys. This movie, I was, I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was there, man. But what works do you have up and coming that you want um, the people to know about? Like, what, what's all... Yeah. Um, so I just dropped a um, an album. Um, this is my first, like, I call it my first album. I put out a couple of different, like, projects and things like that. But this is my first, like, effort to put out a cohesive album um i put it out november 30th it's called scorpion and the sun road to commit um and um yeah that's the most recent thing that i put out uh i haven't uh i haven't decided when i'm going to start working on something new yet because i'm still you know in the process of like fleshing out this last one and like yeah. figuring out ways to market it and like <clears throat> figuring out what songs are doing the best but um, if people want to check it out, uh, it's on everything, Spotify, yeah. Apple Music. It's even on um, SoundCloud right now. It's on Tidal. Um, but that song is a very, 
like I had, like I said, I had no intentions really of making an album like that, mm. except for what the circumstances of this year was. And then certain things, you know, like I just, the thought came and I was like, all right, I guess I'll, it's time to do it now. Yeah. So, um, and I had like, I had like a lot of friends on, on there help me a lot. A lot of people were involved in making it. So it's a very like, uh, and the project itself is a very like personal project, but I want it to help people on their own journey. It's like kind of like a, a soul journey, like the journey of like self-discovery, you know, why did you start what you were doing? You know, where are you going? How, you know, type of thing. And I, I, and I just hope people can vibe with it, get some messages from it and, um, you know, bump it on their playlists going home from yeah. work. I'm definitely going to check yeah. it out. And obviously I'll get the links and everything and pump that out as well, man, most definitely. So sure. I'll give you your feedback on that once I've checked that. But I, oh, I'll please do, yeah. To, yeah, I'd definitely love to catch up with you again, man. It's- I can't stop.